This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live, it's a freaking Friday. I am working on some shit over here on YouTube. I'm trying to get everything set up for tonight's debate. We're going to go straight into the news here in just a second after I get this finished up. RB, if you could do me a favor tonight over on the YouTube. The debate is going to be in a separate event. Of course, we're talking about the Arizona Senate debate between Democratic incumbent Mark Kelly, Republican challenger, backed by Trump, Blake Masters in Arizona. That is going to be on its own separate feed, but if I have done everything correctly, you over there on YouTube, you will be automatically redirected to the next stream as it takes place. So, RB, I would like you to pay attention to that at the top of the hour and make sure that it is a smooth transition for me. Tell me how that works so I know if we can do that for other debates as we get through this uh, debate season. We've got several debates here in the month of October. Unfortunately, it looks like Herschel Walker is uh, getting the cold feet and is not going to debate... Uh, Senator Raphael Warnock next week because of course he is of course he is coward but I just I just heard that I've not confirmed that on my own but I would I would not be surprised if that was the case I do not doubt one bit also if you do not want to be bummed out by the news uh, come back and join us for the debate at 9 o'clock because I got a hell of a lot of shit that's going to bum you out tonight. We got an update on the family. Uh, that we, we watched the video last night. We watched the video last night of the family being held at gunpoint. We unfortunately have a very sad update on that story. Tones, Ida, Warlord, RB, love you guys so much. Sorry, Warlord, the Tucker thing is going to be after the debate. Uh, the, if we if we get to the woman throwing a fucking fit in an Iowa a school board meeting, that I can't wait to do that one. That's going to be after the debate. We got hard news to cover. Uh, possibly, possibly after the debate, we'll do uh, Jordan Peterson talking about psilocybin mushrooms. That's a clip I've been wanting to play for a little while, but that's, that's not one that is timely, right? We can play that at any time. I don't even think it was recent. He just shared it out recently, and I saw it. We're going we're gonna to talk about the LAPD. They've been accused by a family of offing one of their own in order to cover up their sexual assault of suspects, because of course they have. Today's meme of the day, I yoinked from Discord. Phoebe in the Discord throwing this one up. The virgin Florida governor has no catchphrases. Is a Harvard grad, which means he's annoying. He hates trans people. He's always pulling stunts to stay in the news. Whereas we have the Chad, U.S. president. I've got the times right on the on the debate, RB. It's going to be 9 p.m., Eastern time, it's, I guess it's 7 p.m. 
uh, Mountain Standard Time, but it is uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That is when the debate is going to be happening. I've verified that. Thank you for looking out, though. That's why it's so late. Usually, political debates wouldn't be on at 9 o'clock, but it's because it's on Arizona Mountain Standard Time. The Chad U.S. president has all kinds of catchphrases like, Listen, Jack, malarkey, come on, man. Come on, man. At least three genders went to the University of Delaware, which means he knows how to party and doesn't watch the news because he doesn't care to learn how to turn on the TV. All right, as I said, uh, if you don't want the news to bum you out, come back and join, uh, join us in about 50 minutes for the Arizona Senate debate. Until then, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden is uh, apparently on his way to being charged by the FBI. Um, we got all kinds of cop death. <laughs> ben Sass might be leaving the Senate. All that and more. Let's go ahead and get into it. Starting off tonight, North Korea has been lobbing more missiles over Japan. Once again, I don't, I don't say launching. I say lobbing because we know how North Korea is. Hold on a second. This morning, as missiles fly and tensions flare, the American aircraft carrier USS Ronald Reagan and its strike group moving into waters around the Korean peninsula, prompting North Korea to fire another two missiles, what Pyongyang called counteraction in a statement blaming the U.S. for posing a serious threat. It all comes a day after the U.S. and South Korea fired surface-to-surface missiles as deterrents, though one failed and sparked panic of a North Korean attack in what is now the most hostile escalation here in five years. If they continue down this road, it will... So one of, U- one of the U.S. missiles fucked up and they thought it was a North Korean attack. Did I hear that correctly? Serious threat. It all comes a day after the U.S. and South Korea fired surface-to-surface missiles as deterrents, though one failed and sparked panic of a North Korean attack in what is now the most hostile escalation here in five years. If they continue down this road, it will only increase the condemnation, increase the isolation, increase the steps that are taken uh, in response to their actions. North Korea's testing blitz, 24 missiles so far this year, is a sign the regime is intensifying its weapons program. On Tuesday, sending an intermediate-range ballistic missile right over Japan, soaring 2,800 miles and triggering alarms for millions to take cover. The pace of testing also reminiscent of 2017, when Kim Jong-un lasted a nuclear test. U.S. officials expect another to happen soon. This satellite imagery, according to Maxar, shows that North Korea is doing construction and restoring tunnels at its main nuclear site at Pongyeri, the same one they claim to have destroyed in 2018 during short-lived diplomacy with then-President Trump. An emergency U.N. Security Council meeting yielded little beyond accusations that China and Russia, who hold veto power, are blocking discussion and protecting North Korea from stronger sanctions. 
As has been the case with past displays by North Korea, timing and context matter to Kim Jong-un. But the sense is a seventh nuclear test could be imminent, possibly after China holds its key Communist Party Congress here in a couple of weeks and before the midterm elections in the U.S. Now remember, we've covered this story that it, there is speculation that Xi Jinping is actually under house arrest right now. We're going to get a new president at this at this conference in a couple of weeks. I don't believe that. I think Xi Jinping is 100% in control, but we can't can tell what is going on. The U.S. has condemned China and Russia for for egging North Korea on for this. As as I said earlier, we gotta we gotta do rapid fire tonight because we got so much news to cover. I don't know if calling North Korea like a cat is an apt description. Uh, because cats have finesse. I can I can come up with several ways they are like a cat. Though. We're following. We're gonna go to Thailand now, where for once it's not another mass uh, not another day in mass shooting USA. I wouldn't say mine are predictable. I mean, pretty, pretty well predictable, but, uh, they go crazy sometimes. Mass shooting at a child care center in Thailand. Dozens dead. A developing story overseas now. Authorities say at least 37 people, including 24 children, were killed in a horrific shooting and God stabbing at a child care center in Thailand. Police say the 34-year-old suspect, a former police officer, died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Invest- well, that kind of makes sense. A cab, motherfuckers. Investigators say he opened fire inside the center earlier today while the children were sleeping. He then drove home and killed his wife and two-year-old stepson before taking his own life. Fuck! Well, fuck that guy specifically. There's a special place in hell for him, and as the sheriff in Merced said, there's a special place in hell for the person who committed the murder, the heinous murder of the family we talked about last night. We watched the video of them being kidnapped at gunpoint. Unfortunately, just a few hours after I got off stream, we got the horrific news that the family was found dead in a field. The search for a kidnapped California family has ended in tragedy. A baby girl, her parents and her uncle were found dead in a central California orchard two days after they were kidnapped at gunpoint from their business, according to police. Chilling surveillance video shows the suspect entering the family business and taking family members out the back door by gunpoint. ABC News Live anchor Diane Macedo spoke with Merced County Sheriff Vernon Warnke, who says this guy has got a special place in hell. Sheriff, you've got an entire family gone, a multi-stage crime, and still no word on a motive. Nothing apparently stolen, no ransom demands. What do you make of that? 
It's a very uh, a frustrating situation because we haven't had any ransom demands, but um, we did find our victims uh, last evening, and unfortunately, they are all deceased, and uh, our detectives are still ongoing, and uh, they're trying to get an interview completed with the suspect, and uh, the issue that we're having now is because of him being medically uh, challenged because of an attempt on his own life. Apparently, he is still in critical condition. To kidnap three grown adults uh, along with a baby and execute a crime like this, is there any working theory on what the motive could have been here? Our theories are bouncing all over the place, and uh, we don't want to be speculating uh, on any of it until we can get a full grasp on the motive, and uh, we're still hoping that the suspect that we have in custody, who is still at, uh, at a local medical facility will uh, will give, give some light on this it's uh, it's still up in the air as to what the motive is we've had some speculation but I you know I don't want to go into that because it's not proven yet so I don't want to give out any any uh, of my speculative ideas of, of why this was done understandable uh, this case started as a kidnapping so what was your reaction when you learned that the victims bodies had been found uh, very frustrating. Of course, we were working the case the entire time, hoping that we'd find them safe. Uh, but unfortunately, that was uh, not the case. And through all, all the evidence that we gathered at this time, by the time we had actually received calls of the kidnapping, we believe that the uh, killings have already taken place. And Sheriff, what can you tell us about the suspect at this point? Well, he's a, a native to the area, as far as we know, and we do know that uh, he had uh, done something very similar uh, in 2005, and we're trying to get through investigative leads based upon the prior history and seeing what kind of tie-ins with this case and uh, see if we can come up with a motivation. Do you think other people may have been involved in this, or does it seem that this suspect is working alone? We believe, I believe, that uh, he had somebody else with him and uh, at least uh, helping him do some of the things as far as the uh, homicide. I mean, from the details that we have so far, I, w I would venture to say this guy was some kind of a a hired hitman or some, some shit like that. He doesn't seem to be a mastermind type. He uh, was freed within the last five years from jail for serving time for a, a similar kind of kidnapping, I believe. Itself, uh, we're going to let the evidence take us where it needs to take us, and uh, as soon as we find out any different, but we're working the case, and we do believe that there was at least an accomplice to help with some of the things that had gone on during this uh, event. So, Sheriff, where does this investigation go from here? Right now we're putting together the pieces. Uh, the big thing for us is to find motivation and uh, figure out why. And then I think once we get that part locked in, it's going to be a determinant factor for our district attorney to uh, follow up on the prosecution side. And uh, right now that's what we're leaning on is to try and get the motive behind this uh, horrible, horrible thing. Sheriff, any message to the community understandably shaken by this? Just uh, be vigilant. If you know something, say something. If you've got any information that could help us, at least with the motive at this point, please I, let us. Why didn't the mom run with the baby when they had the they? I mean, we watched the video last night. We know it's only like five minutes before he comes back. 
but five minutes you can get pretty fucking far. I this is just wild. This is a wild story. Let us know and uh, call the sheriff's office, and we will have investigators get in touch with you, and uh, hopefully we can come up with something. But uh, folks, this is uh, it's one of those things that uh, evil. Uh, has reared its ugly head and we're here and uh, I've said it before this guy's got a special place in hell and I'm I'm hoping that uh, that's where he ends up so you want to say it was racially motivated I just the thing about racial he's at that business at like 8 o'clock on a Monday yeah this Wyatt Herb Ah, uh, fuck. Breaking in the last few hours, uh, which made me worry about Media Winch, who I believe has already landed in Las Vegas. Two people are dead, six wounded in a stabbing on the Las Vegas Strip. Two people have died and six others were wounded during a stabbing rampage in front of the Wynn Casino on the famed Los Angeles, Angeles or ah, the famed Las Vegas Strip on Thursday in what police are calling an unprovoked attack. Police began receiving reports of a a series of stabbings on Las Vegas Boulevard about 11.40 a.m. Captain Dory Corrin with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department said during a press conference. While unseen, police quickly took a suspect into custody and began providing medical aid to the victims. I have some eyewitness uh, accounts of what went on. So, content warning. And I start hearing, at the same time I'm seeing screaming and a guy take off a shirt to give chest compressions to the guy who dropped in front of me. I hear more screaming down here, and then immediately after that, more over here. And I'm like, okay, this is even worse than I thought it was. It's 11 a.m., as you said, you know, and this should not happen. This shouldn't have happened. It's 11 p.m. kind of crime, guys. This happens after dark, not before breakfast, you know? Yeah, we were, it could it could have easily been us. And uh, we were just there like 10 minutes prior to this whole stabbing. Blood everywhere. I Wild scene. From Las Vegas to Los Angeles. This is one that's going to piss you off. Let me hit the content warning again. Explosive allegations that Officer Tipping was retaliated against to prevent him from investigating allegations of sexual assault against the LAPD. But the police chief told me in no uncertain terms there's no evidence of that. It's hurtful and it's bad for the department. They investigated themselves. They investigated themselves and found, no, we didn't off him because he was trying to expose us. That didn't happen, even though that has happened multiple times with this very police department. Rest in power, Chris Dorner. It's been almost four months since Houston Tipping's funeral, but he is not resting in peace. The coroner ruled the death of a 32-year-old LAPD officer during training at the police academy accidental, but his family and their attorney don't believe it. How can you claim this is an accident with multiple injuries to the head, to the neck, to the ribs, and to the liver? But LAPD Chief Michael Moore says those injuries happened during CPR and attempts to save Tipping's life. And what happened here at the police academy was, quote, a freak occurrence. I don't believe it. When they they hit the ground, 
that Officer Tipping suffered this catastrophic injury to his neck. Brad Gage has heard that, disagrees, filed a wrongful death suit against the department, saying Tipping was targeted as a whistleblower, retaliated against by an officer accused of sexual assault. Claims Tipping took a report on that case 10 months earlier. He was reporting a criminal act, a felony of sexual assault. That all he did was take the report, but you're calling that a whistleblower case? Once you take a report, the way it works is it gets passed up into the department. That is notification of the criminal act. That's the first element to show a whistleblower. Chief Moore says there is no evidence of that and that Gage is causing Tipping's family and the department unnecessary additional pain. The family... Tipping was not attacked. He was not beaten up by a group of officers. The family doesn't agree with you. ...involved in any investigation of any police officer within the Los Angeles Police Department, nor anyone certainly in that scene, in any type of criminal investigation. So Tipping was apparently involved in a simulated fight when another officer who was a student at the academy grabbed him by the neck when they went to the ground. That's when Tipping suffered a fatal spinal cord injury. Gage, uh, Alex and Marla did provide me with one page of an investigative report that did have evidence of Tipping's name on it, but no details that would implicate any of the officers. And there's not even confirmation that the officers were here at the academy. Again, the one that was involved in Tipping's death was said to be a student or a cadet. Not said to be. The department. We haven't heard the, the last of this, though, because the lawsuit has been filed and it will play. And you think they couldn't pay off a student or a cadet to do their dirty work? I'm sure we know we know there are gangs in this police department. You you telling me that a student at police academy taking out a snitch wouldn't be a made man in a gang in the LAPD? Play out in court unless it is dismissed, of course. Meantime, live at the academy, I'm Phil Schumann, Fox 11 News. Phil, are four LAPD officers, in fact, under investigation, or were they at any point for a sexual assault? Chief Moore tells me no, and Brad Gage does not have the details of any investigation. All we have now is a one page report with Tipping's name on it with very few details, and apparently it didn't go anywhere. Well. Oh, I bet it didn't go anywhere. I bet it didn't go anywhere. Remember, if you don't believe me, look up the story of Chris Dorner. In this very department. That's why I am so uh, adamant (laughs) about the fact that I think the police are probably lying. Because they have a history of doing this sort of thing. If it seems like we're rushing through the news, we are. We have a debate. The Arizona Senate race at 9 p.m. So in about 40 minutes, we're going to go over to the Arizona Senate debate between Democratic incumbent Mark Kelly and Republican challenger Blake Masters. $12 $12 million, a $12 million settlement with the Rochester Police Department with the estate of Daniel Prude. Daniel Prude murdered by the cops. Family now seeing some justice by getting a $12 million settlement, but once again, taxpayer money going to uh, citizens because of the actions of 
asshole cops that we can't seem to rein in. Daniel Prude's family, $12 million going to Prude's five children in response to his death after an encounter with Rochester police in March 2020. Eric Hedacost has been looking over the settlement and joins us in the studio with reaction from attorneys and local officials. Eric Hedda. Good evening, and the mayor says this is the best decision. He says it would have cost taxpayers more money to litigate and would, quote, place a painful toll on the community. And a warning to our viewers, we're about to recount what happened and show you some of that body camera footage and what you're about to see you may find disturbing. Get on the ground, man. Get on the ground. One of Put Daniel Prude's five children, Nathaniel McFarland, saying in court paperwork this was a wrongful death. He says that night in March, Daniel's brother Joe called police out of concern, saying Daniel abruptly left the house early in the morning, naked, no shoes, no coat, in freezing cold. McFarland says he was suffering a, quote, acute mental health crisis. Lead lawyer for the estate, Matthew Pierce, says it's hard to talk about and harder to watch. Instead of giving him help, they abused him. McFarland says in the paperwork, the death caused pain and suffering for family. He says Prude was, quote, clearly disoriented in that moment and unarmed. The complete lack of explanation for the increasing use of force on somebody who um, was so clearly in need of help. An independent investigator says city officials mischaracterized the findings and went back and forth about whether body camera footage should be released or not. Mayor Malik Evans says today they're still working to heal relationships within the community. Everything is, in a, work, is, is a work in progress and obviously we continue to always get better. And I think that we um, have gotten better. You see the investments that we've made in, in, in mental health, the investments that we made in body cameras and other things. According to paperwork, the city of Rochester denies all liability. It means that admitting that they broke the law. And coming up at six, more from a local a lawmaker working on a bill to ensure this never We're going to pay you $12 million, but we're, we're not going to admit we did anything wrong. In these situations. In the studio, Eric, I fucking, you should apologize you, to the family. The Rochester Police Locust Club. Also, I want to point out it is 69 degrees in Rochester when this news hit was uh, recorded. Noise. Lenny, good evening, my friend. We're doing a rush job on the news tonight because we're doing the Mark Kelly Blake Masters debate in Arizona. We're going to move from Rochester, New York, down to Uvalde, Texas, where one of the state troopers have been fired. In a community reeling from one of the worst school shootings in history, I'm behind you. I'm behind you. still begging for answers and accountability. CNN has learned that one of the Texas state troopers under investigation for her actions at Robb Elementary has a new job as a newly hired school police officer at Uvalde Elementary, trusted with protecting some of the same students. What? The massacre. Somebody, somebody. Whoa! Parents of children who were killed at Rob were the first to notice the officer, Crimson Elizondo, on campus, recognizing her from body camera footage of the shooting. Elizondo, a four year veteran of the Texas Department of Public Safety, was one of the first law enforcement officers on scene on May 24th. She resigned from the DPS over the summer and was hired by the Uvalde School District soon Ooh. after. I actually have some questions for you now. I have, I'm not 
On the playground outside her new post, Elizondo can be seen here in the dark blue uniform. Officer Elizondo, I'm doing a story about you and your time at DPS. I'd like to ask you some questions, if possible. Before Elizondo resigned from DPS, her actions and the actions of six other DPS officers at the scene of the shooting were referred for further investigation. In a redacted internal memo to the organization... Fucking coward cop. ...obtained by CNN, DPS cited, quote, actions which may be inconsistent with training and department requirements as the reason for the referral. Despite early efforts by state officials to blame the local police department in Uvalde for the failed response... Hey, we're going in or we're staying here? What are we doing? A timeline from body camera footage shows Elizondo arrived on scene just two minutes after the shooting began. The new information now indicates she was among several DPS officers on scene who potentially could have taken action to stop the gunman. Footage shows her without a tactical bulletproof vest or long rifle at a step with active shooter training. She spends most of the 77 minutes before the classroom was breached outside the school. According to sources familiar with the investigation, Elizondo told investigators that without her gear, she was not comfortable joining the others inside. Out of nearly 400 law enforcement officers who responded to the shooting, 91 were from the Texas Department of Public Safety. Seven of those officers were referred for further investigation for their conduct that day. Shut the windows out. Crimson Elizondo is one of them. The other six still work for DPS, while the investigation into their actions continues. It is unclear if the Uvalde School District was aware of the investigation at the time of Elizondo's hiring. Sir? The district has not responded to emails, calls, or direct questions from CNN. Sir, do you know this officer who you have recently hired? Are you aware that she's under investigation for her actions on the day of the shooting? My God. Do you think she's fit to serve here? Considering that her actions that day are under investigation? Mr. Miller, you don't want to respond to that? What is wrong with these people? This hiring raises further questions about the Department of Public Safety and the lack of transparency around the investigation and the conduct of its troopers. DPS did not comment for this story. Well, I I think this is important. Speaking to CNN in September, DPS Director Stephen McGraw promised he'll resign if his agency was shown to have culpability for the botched response. Fucking resign, motherfucker, you crusty old fuck. I'll be gladly resign. I'll turn my resignation to the government, okay? If I think there's any culpable... History before history. What what is up? Hold our officers accountable. No one gets a pass. But every officer is going to be held accountable. We totally covered that story last night. I mean, as good as you can be. CNN also learning that Elizondo was recorded on video after delivering medical care to survivors. Shooters 10-7. Reflecting on the horrors of what she saw inside. An officer asked if her children attend Rob Elementary. Elizondo's response. Your kids are there? Yeah, my, my son's in daycare. He's not. Oh. He's not. Oh. <sighs> I think I mischaracterized this story unless they have fired her since uh, the story happened because, like, I I, uh, 
introed it by saying that the trooper had been fired. So hopefully she has been fired from the school after they hired her for... My God, what reason? They didn't check her resume? They didn't... Uh... Yeah, history, you have come to the right place if you like uh, if you like keeping up with the news. Uh, we did that story about the execution last night. I am 100% a death penalty ab- abolitionist. I've had to report on far too many executions here on this show. Good evening, Mandy. We are rushing through the news tonight, though, because we have a debate in Arizona. We're going to be watching at nine o'clock. To plead guilty to seditious conspiracy, one of the most significant charges related to the insurrection, for what he did. Let me let me, let me rewind here. I might have been talking over that. One of the Proud Boys currently uh, in the midst of a trial for seditious conspiracy has decided to plead guilty which is bad news for all the rest of them. From a high-level member of the Proud Boys is apparently agreeing to plead guilty to seditious conspiracy, one of the most significant charges related to the insurrection, for what he did around January 6th. NBC's Ken Delanian is back with us. Ken, bring us up to speed on Snicks, what good we're evening. Talking about, who we're talking about, what this means. Yeah, this is a big deal, Hallie. Uh, this man's name is Jeremy Bertino. He's pleaded guilty to two counts, including... One count of seditious conspiracy, admitting to conspiring with six other Proud Boys, including the leader of that group, Enrique Terrio, uh, to, in, in an effort to try to uh, thwart uh, the U.S. government and its lawful transfer of power uh, after the 2020 presidential election. He also pleaded guilty to uh, gun charges here. And the suggestion is that he's now cooperating. Let me sum it up for you. He wanted to see the light of day, and he's going to take like 25 fucking years. Because seriously, had had he been convicted at trial, he was looking at the rest of his life behind bars. This is one of the most serious charges on U.S. code. The rest of the Proud Boys are now fucked. Operating. Um, and that's important because a set of these Proud Boys are going on trial or have been charged with seditious conspiracy, much like the trial that's happening right now with the Oath Keepers. Be a oh, I was confusing the Oath Keepers. The Proud Boys trial is not currently going on. The Oath, Oath Keepers trial is the one that started this week. Um, a witness like this would be in a position to testify about this alleged conspiracy that he says he participated in. And uh, so as many as 40, about 40 Proud Boys have been charged uh, as part of the Capitol insurrection. And video investigation has shown that the Proud Boys played key roles in breaching the various uh, points at the Capitol, um, getting those crowds past law enforcement through the doors and windows. And so they, they were a key part, this group, of the January 6th insurrection. And now you have a key figure pleading guilty and apparently agreeing to cooperate, Alan. Also, I believe we are a week away from the next and possibly final January 6th hearing. We will totally cover that live as we have the others. Here's one for you. The FBI is apparently saying that they have all the goods to charge 
Hunter Biden. Come on, man. Confirm the FBI has gathered what it feels is sufficient evidence to charge President Biden's son, Hunter, with tax and gun-related crimes. Sources familiar with the probe say investigators have sent their findings to the U.S. attorney in Delaware. The president's son acknowledged in 2020 that he was the subject of a federal investigation into his taxes. A spokesperson for the U.S. attorney's office has declined to comment. Let's bring in CBS News senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge. Catherine, this is quite a development. Tell us what have Go you... Go ahead and charge him. I'm tired of hearing about him. Well, Lana and Errol, based on information from multiple sources coming into us in the last couple of hours, we can report that from the FBI's point of view, they think there is sufficient evidence, as you mentioned, for tax and gun-related charges, and that this evidence is now before the U.S. I love you guys. Everybody in the chat is like, yeah, George Hunter. What we can also report, uh, based on our sources, is that this investigation has been going on for several years, even before Joe Biden became president. I mean, I'm I'm into it. Charge all these rich fucks and all their kids. Fucking charge Eric. Charge Ivanka. Charge Jared. Charge Jenna Bush. I don't care. Let's get Chelsea on something too. Let's just have a whole party. I'm sure they've done some kind of shit. But it really accelerated earlier this year with sort of a drill down in focus on delinquent tax payments. And Impeachment? Come on. Some of that Come bad, on, bad taxes with the help of a friend. The, the reason that's important is that in, in tax law, um, just because you pay uh, back tax doesn't really get you off the hook, so to speak. It's almost seen as an admission uh, that you failed to pay the taxes in the first place. What's interesting <laughs> is Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes, minutes just last month, asked uh, President Biden about issues with his son. And oh, if- I'm sorry, Scott Comet. Good evening. Have any impact I love your face. And President Biden answered that he loves his son. He fought an addiction problem. He overcame it. He wrote about it. There's nothing I've observed, says President Biden, um, that would affect uh, the president or the United States relative to Hunter. And in fact, this investigation has gone on for years. Why then, Catherine, the sudden turn and this development? I think in part because of this focus on uh, the back tax uh, issues or tax delinquency. Uh, That's, from a legal perspective, a very straightforward case. It's essentially Mm -hmm. a document or paper-driven case. Um, We also understand the U.S. attorney in Delaware has been looking at issues related to FARA, which is the Foreign Agents Registration Act. It's sort of a lobbying act. And then also related to China. These are much more difficult or problematic as a prosecutor because you have to get into issues of proving intent. Wait, wait till we get to see the Tucker Carlson segment about this from tonight. In a certain situation. So I think that's one of the reasons we've seen uh, this acceleration and a certain amount of frustration by the FBI that they feel that uh, they've got sufficient evidence uh, to bring charges. But of course, that's not their job. Send all our politicians to the Hague. I'm cool with it. That's that's an interesting point. Um, We had also, to Errol's Errol's comment, we knew about the tax issue. Uh, We knew about foreign lobbying. But this is also gun-related charges. I'm wondering if you can tell Tell us more both about the charges and what you've learned about the timing. 
Well, I don't want to speculate uh, for folks, given uh, given the nature of the subject. But what I would say from our reporting is that the gun-related charge has to do with uh, allegations that either misleading information was included in an application or a registration for that weapon, and may in fact the go thing Rudy Giuliani keeps harping about. It. Um, their, their behaviors. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Whether they may have any um, addiction. Basically, yeah, addiction. That he he said on his form for a gun that he didn't have addiction issues, which are now well documented, which is a big whoop de doo. Related problems, but it's it's an issue of being uh, misrepresenting or lying on an application uh, for a weapon or a registration of a weapon, which of course is a very serious charge as well. Yeah, and and what about the timing for uh, for this case moving forward right now, Catherine? Well, what I would say to folks at home of is, of course, we're coming up against the midterm uh, elections, but we've spoken to a number of former Justice Department officials who have said to us that when you think about this principle that they don't like to announce major cases before an election, uh, it, it wouldn't apply here. It wouldn't apply with President Trump either, for that matter, because these people are not on the ballot uh, in November. But if you do think back a couple of years ago, if my memory serves me correctly, it was after the presidential election that we did get confirmation from Justice Department officials that the president's son was under federal investigation for a number of uh, potential crimes. Lock him up. Lock him up. Yeah, RB, I, rich people problems. But if, like, uh, if one of us have an issue with the IRS, just hire a, a CPA. They'll totally take care of it for you. They'll totally take care of it for you. They'll cut you a deal with the IRS. You won't admit fault. You'll pay blah, blah, blah. They'll probably give you a discounted rate. Pennies on the fucking dollar. You just have to hire a CPA. But I don't know what rich people are like when you're dealing with a hell of a lot of fucking money, you know? <laughs> That's a, that's a whole different can of worms. Tax man. You've got to wonder, do you think that Biden kept the, the pot announcement in his back pocket? <laughs> Just waiting for the day that this dropped on Hunter Biden? Biden has now pardoned all marijuana offenses. Calls for review of federal law. This would be federal marijuana offenses. Biden is also urging governors to do the same for cases regarding state offenses of civil possession of marijuana. So, long overdue. Incredibly obvious, but we got to give him props where props are due as well. President Joe Biden on Thursday granted a pardon to all people convicted of simple marijuana possession under federal law in what amounts to the most extensive White House action taken to date on U.S. drug policy. The president also urged governors to take similar action for state offenses of civil possession of marijuana. In addition, he called on the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General to expeditiously review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Currently, marijuana is classified as a Schedule 1 narcotic, which is bullshit. Meaning it's deemed to have no medical use and a high potential for abuse, which couldn't be further from the truth. Heroin and LSD are other Schedule 1 drugs, neither of which fit that definition. 
Sending people to prison for possessing marijuana has upended too many lives and incarcerated people for conduct that many states no longer prohibit. Biden said in a statement, criminal records for marijuana possession have also imposed needless barriers to employment, housing, and educational opportunities. And while white and black and brown people use marijuana at similar rates, black and brown people have been arrested, prosecuted, and convicted at disproportionate rates. Which you had a big hand in, to be fair. Just, just throwing it all out there. Uh, heroin is like a cousin to uh, Oxycontin and morphine, so there are medical benefits. I mean, I guess you could say there is no medical benefit to street heroin. So, this had an effect on the stock market. Let's go to CNBC. Apparently, the the actual stocks are slumping, but the marijuana stocks are through the roof based on this announcement. Big news in the cannabis space today. President Biden pardoning thousands of people convicted of marijuana possession and ordering a review of federal pot laws. The pardon's applying to federal... Ooh, Sky Comet coming with the fire. Tobacco fits that definition. ...country to do the same. The news sending pot stocks skyrocketing. Are we jumping to conclusions, Tim? Well, pot stocks. Understand the dynamics here. We're talking about criminal justice. This is different than federalization. This is different than stuff that's going to get them listed on exchanges and the things that the capital markets really want. Investors mm-hmm. want that. But it's very. But, but it seems like that's what we're moving towards. This is a good first step towards that and also towards allowing dispensaries and, and grow houses to be able to access loans and, and banking institutions. Tell me my meme or my uh, my thumbnail game for YouTube isn't on point. Come on. Very important that this is incremental. And, and what's very important about this announcement is, first of all, this wasn't made in a vacuum. This is this to me is an announcement uh, in close uh, conjunction with something that will follow. Warlord, in- probably. Talking about in the cannabis space forever. Uh, Safe Act, safe banking to the extent that in a lame duck session, there's been plenty of conversations that um, there could be something that happens. I'm not going to tell you it's going to happen. I'm going to tell you that there's no question to me. This wasn't just a statement made in a vacuum. The other most important thing about what he said is he alluded to the schedule and the schedule one status of cannabis and, and that it's the same as heroin and LSD. Mm-hmm. That dynamic, you remove that dynamic and and you make the profitability of this sector night and day different. So free cash flow, things that have been, look, the big headwinds for the sector have been about gross margin and the illicit markets and things that are a function of the federal market. But this gets right to, if you get rid of 280E, which is essentially the tax code that the IRS would apply to any Schedule One or illegal activity, and you remove that, it changes free cash flow dynamics for the sector. So it's a very, very exciting day. It was a long time in coming. This wasn't whimsical. And criminal justice is critical to get actually other people in the Senate than to be on board. Uh, you've been waiting for this. People have been tweeting about it over the last couple of weeks. I mean, this is a, Tim can speak to this, but this is one of those seminal moments in the space that years to come, we'll talk about this day when it all changed. Now, MSOS, I think. I don't know that it all changes, but this is a step. I'm not saying you go out and chase these things because I'm sure there's going to be some ebbs and flows, but I think the space for the first time in a while, you're not going to see that now, they're speaking financially, yeah, too. Volatility like you've seen over the last couple of years. I think now it's investable for a period of time. Holy shit. It's kind of a 
brilliant political move. This Look at that jump. Promised by Biden a couple years ago and the timing of it. I mean, let's just be before the midterms. Yeah. People like this stuff. Mm. All right. Stay in school, kids. Don't use it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, on the other hand, have a different message for the kids. Remember, kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. Much different message for the kids than what CNBC put forward there. All right, one last story, and then we are going to head to the Senate debate in Arizona. Some of you might be joining us for that. That is coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, We've got one more quick story that we need to get in. Breaking news here in the last few hours. This one is big. Turning now to some breaking news from Capitol Hill. NBC News has confirmed Republican Senator from Nebraska, Ben Sass, is expected to resign his Senate seat to become the next president of the University of Florida. Senator Sass has been an occasional critic of former President Trump and voted to convict him in last year's impeachment trial. He's the sole finalist for the University of Florida position and is expected to accept the offer by the end of the year. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. So I I would need to look into what happens with that with that seat in Nebraska. Nebraska has a pocket of progressives and an anti-Trump movement. Could that Senate seat now come into play? Maybe an independent in the race for it? Who knows? All right, let's uh, let's talk about the debates that we have coming up over the next couple of weeks. The rumor is that Herschel Walker has gotten the cold feet, and he's going to be backing out of his debate with uh, Raphael Warnock. I'm going to be very sad if that doesn't happen because I was very much looking forward to that debate. It would happen a week from tomorrow, too. So tomorrow night, we've got uh, Ted Budd and Sherry Beasley debating for the North Carolina uh, Senate seat. That's an open seat. Beasley, the Democratic nominee, and Bud, the Republican nominee. We're going to take that one live. At the same time, there's going to be the Wisconsin Senate debate between Ron Johnson and uh, Mandela Barnes. Ron Johnson, the incumbent Republican senator from Wisconsin. And Mandela Barnes is the current lieutenant governor in Wisconsin, We're going to watch that one right after the Bud Beasley debate. But it won't be live. Uh, We will watch that on replay, and then we'll go straight into the Friday Night Freak Show. Uh, Maybe starting a little bit late, but we're going to try to get to it as quickly as we can. Tomorrow night's guest, August Aguilar, uh, with Strange Films. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, on October 10th, we're going to do J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, the Ohio Senate race. On October 12th, it's uh, Carrie Lake. And uh, fuck, I always forget her name. Kristen Hobbs, I believe it is, in Arizona. Hobbs, the Secretary of State. Lake, the former news anchor who's bad shit crazy. 
But tonight we're going to be doing the Blake Masters, Mark Kelly debate in Arizona. Kelly, the Democratic incumbent senator. Blake Masters, the Trump bat, bat shit crazy Republican nominee. As I said last week when we did uh, Beto and Abbott, I'm going to try to lay out as much as possible because the YouTube crowd likes that. Cicero, good evening. So glad to see you. We're going to be doing more show after the debate. More show after the debate. Okay, so we've we've still got more things to come here on the Troll Patrol. I'm going to give you your animal video. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, the U.S. being angry at OPEC. I've got video of Tucker going absolutely bonkers and a bigot went to a school board meeting and I've got video of that and it is fucking wild. Maybe we'll even watch Jordan Peterson talk about tripping. So more show after the debate. But we're going we're gonna to take a commercial break here in just like a couple minutes after I explain to the YouTube crowd how all this is going to work. When we come back, we're going to be doing the Arizona Senate debate between Blake Masters and Mark Kelly. So YouTube, I think I have everything set up to where you're just going to be able to ride because it's going to be three different events. The, the stream you're watching right now, the debate will be on a separate stream. And then, <laughs> then we'll come back to the show stream. But I think I set everything up right to where it's just going to autoplay the next stream when this one ends. So, RB, if you're still here, I would greatly appreciate it if you told me if that happens. Twitch followers, I'm going to play three minutes of commercials, so you get no commercials until the ass end of the debate. You might get the very ass end of the debate cut off by commercials, I'm sorry, you should probably sub to the channel. (laughs) But I'm doing my best to make sure you have as few commercials. That's why I'm trying to to get as close to the break as I can right now. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to be doing the Arizona Senate debate. It's going to be a different stream on YouTube. I'll see you guys on the other side of the commercials. Sorry, YouTube peeps. I went to the uh, I went to the bathroom to take a tinkle and refill my tea before I turned the YouTube back on. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I love it. Oh, do you want to? Let's see. We can see. We can see if uh, Matt Walsh has said something about Velma now. We can check that out. We not on any kind of time restraints now. I could open the phone lines up. So, uh, browser over here is not wanting to cooperate. We want to go to the Matt Walsh channel. Because, I mean, I, I would bet money on it. Just like I would have bet money that the Libertarian would bring up the age of consent. 
I love it because his position, his position was like, there are, are very few things we should have votes on, like the age of consent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to clip that. I'm going to clip that. <laughs> oh, shit. I have a video where apparently Tucker just absolutely fucking loses it. Okay, so Matt Walsh might not have uh, went off on the the um, Velma announcement yet because I forgot Media Matters published a scathing piece about him and uh, that might be what he's all about today let me pull up I'm going to pull up the full show here and I'm going to scrub through it we'll see if Velma is mentioned Yeah, it looks like he's just aggrieved about uh, he's just aggrieved about the Media Matters piece. Possibly something in the comment section. Maybe he took a question about it. Oh my God, this is horrible. Well, I've been debating telling this story because um, it's somewhat embarrassing, but it's all. You don't know how to feel embarrassment. Media matters exposed. Oh, shit. Sorted past as an obscure. Do the comment section. I gotta do the opening again. Goddamn. Yeah, I'm sorry, RB. I fucked up. I didn't turn you guys back on when I should have. Well, I've been debating telling this story because um, it's somewhat embarrassing. Why, why is he in his house? What's wrong with his face? Point. What difference does it make? So here's another story from my sordid past. Uh, another skeleton buried deeply in my closet. Secret that I've kept hidden for so long. In this case, I've kept it hidden for about four days, to be precise. So this past Saturday, uh, I went with my wife and... Or does he just really look like this and he doesn't have, like, makeup on or something? Like, there is something wrong with Matt Walsh. What the fuck is up? And, uh, some other members of the Daily Wire crew, Michael, Brett Cooper, uh, the God King Jeremy Boring, other members of the executive team. Are we on Matt Walsh dies of COVID watch? Fundraising banquet for veterans at the, uh, the Gaylord here in Nashville. Very nice event, very swanky uh, sort of event where I feel horribly out of place. There were lots of famous people milling around. Renee Zellweger was there. Uh, it was emceed by Kelsey Grammer and Patricia Heaton. Mark Wahlberg made a surprise uh, appearance by video. And uh, it may sound like I'm only telling you this story so I can brag about this fancy dinner, but yeah, yeah. you'll soon see that, uh, that, that that is not the case. That's not the point. So early on in the night, before the main course was served... They're doing a lot of, uh, there's a lot of introductions, formalities, ceremonial type stuff, which is normal for an event like this. And uh, there are lots of reasons to stand. And so we're getting our cardio in, you know, standing, doing standing ovations and so on. We stood for the anthem. We stood for uh, various other things. About 20 minutes into this, 
I would just say Renee Zellweger is just stupid. She was there for the troops. I'm distracted. I'm only half listening to what's being said up on the stage. Uh, He is a right-wing chud. He has like 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube. Uh, He works for Ben Shapiro's The Daily Wire. He is horrible, and like I'm, I'm bored with this already, so I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> but he once called me a formidable voice in the culture. Justin Freakin, the formidable voice in the culture. Yeah, yeah, he's real big on the transphobia, so we got to kind of keep an eye on him. Got to keep an eye on him. Here's, uh, he was doing a piece. About this, uh, this drag show. Mom blasts school board over drag show for high schoolers while wearing the same outfit the drag queen wore. And I wanted to highlight this story because I actually have, I have the school board meeting. Demanding answers about the outcome of an investigation of an after school drag performance in May. Activist Kimberly Ricks who I'm pretty sure is on the payroll of, like, Young Americans for Liberty, outlets like that, Heritage Foundation, appeared before the Ankeny School Board in an outfit like the one that a performer in the show wore. And as everybody on Twitter pointed out, that outfit isn't risque in any way. And you'll see here in just a second when you see the picture. During public comments on Monday night's meeting, Rex, who founded Iowa Mama Bears, an organization that expresses views against masks, COVID-19 vaccine, LGBTQ content, and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, asked the board for an apology and a resolution to make sure this doesn't happen again on school grounds. So there you can see a small version of the picture. Let me bring it up full size for you. She's got leggings on. It's like the the Andre the Giant leotard. It's got a sleeve on it. It is nothing offensive at all. But she wore it to the school board to make a point. After school drag show. The kids were not re- required to attend in any way. <laughs> One of the drag queens wore that. God Damn it, that keeps happening to me. (laughs) Every time. Edge sucks as a browser. Just saying. But this is the school board meeting here. Thanks. Sorry for the poor audio. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just to prove it, it is her. It's a thankless job. Thank you, too, Dr. Pruitt. Thank you. All right. Um, Kimberly Rikes. Kimberly Rikes. I, di- I didn't say your name correctly. So short. I want to start off by making sure that your online feed is working because every time I come up here, it seems to not work. Technical difficulties. So I want to make sure that it's still. She's being censored. 
Okay, I'm standing here today, 129 days after the GSA end of the year drag queen show was brought to your attention, and 128 days after you sent an email explaining to parents that the school was made aware of the unauthorized performance that took place at the Ankeny High School, and the whole thing was under investigation. How are we 129 days later and 30 days into the new school year, and we still have not heard any kind of apology for, from you, nor have we heard a resolution on how you are supposed to make sure that this doesn't happen again on school grounds. Sarah and Joy, you guys ran your campaign on transparency. Where's the transparency in this? How are we going to entrust in you, the board members, to do what is right for us parents and make sure that the kids... Uh, to know what the, um, sorry, how are we going to entrust you and the board members to do what is right if you do not make it apparent to us parents the outcome of, of what the investigation was? I get that you cannot disclose any discipline action. She wants to speak to the manager. Police, but surely you can explain to us con concerned parents what policies you have since then put into effect to ensure this never happens again. As you know, the, you have employees that have flat out violated several of your own policies, included but not limited to dress code, misuse of public property, inappropriate interactions with students, and several security violations. I mean, I cannot even enter a school to help with this classroom party or have lunch with my kids without a full background check. So please explain to me how this 21-year-old man dressed the way he was was allowed into our school. Seems to me that a man who identifies with the LGBTQ community is not held to the same standards as me as a white woman who attended the Ankeny Drag Queen show. I want to know, does this outfit make you turn your head? Does this outfit seem appropriate for anybody here to see? Because if this makes your head turn, if this pisses you off, then it should. Because so you, you can't see her in the video. Kimberly, Kimberly, can you address the board, please? This is what the, this is what the man dressed like in front of our kids. So this makes your head spin. This pisses you off in any way, shape, or form. It, it doesn't piss me off, ma'am. You. You are dressed fine. Gray exactly it needs a hat. And stop. What just is happening? What's happening in our schools? This guy had no background check. Because if he did, if you guys saw this, you would clearly see he looks like Satanic Worshipper. Satanic Worshipper! Satanic Worshipper! Uh by the way, this is uh this is one of the many Pictures I have from when I was in show choir. Those those dresses that those uh, young ladies are wearing are far more revealing than the outfit she has on. And those dresses are also appropriate. <laughs>
I am totally laughing at you and the outfit that you wore today. I am absolutely laughing at your dumb ass. I wish you could feel embarrassment, ma'am. And if the fact that I am playing your video on my show and that Matt Walsh and Steven Crowder were all talking about your video, I guess that means you got your wish and that you went viral. And I am indeed laughing at you because goddamn right-wingers are morons. Even Rush Limbaugh on his deathbed, he knew. As a conservative, it's getting harder and harder to not look like a kook. You look like a kook, ma'am. Yeah, you could use some wrist warmers, a cool hat, and the outfit would really pop. Kimberly, your three minutes are up. I'm, yes, I'm sorry. Thank you. All right, next on um, here we have Lori Lovestead. So there you go. The bigot went to the school board meeting. This happened in Iowa. This happened in Iowa. Do I still have the story up? No, no, it went away. Happened in Iowa, though, at the Anarchy County School Board. I guess, I guess we'll go to Google now. Because Edge just really wants to be crappy. Okay, so last night... Last night on Tucker Carlson... He apparently had a meltdown. I saw a supercut. I saw like a supercut of like different, and it could have been deceptively edited. The 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 segment might not be what it was portrayed to be on Twitter. So that's the reason why I went and found the whole sixteen minute clip. So we could watch it together and we could decide, did Tucker break his brain? Could it be the Jokerfication of Tucker Carlson? The title of it is Asking Obvious Questions is Forbidden. Is a weird title. I'm assuming by the length this is his opening monologue to his show. As I said, I watched like a minute supercut of this and he did indeed appear to be going crazy so let's see what we think about it i can't promise you that he's actually crazy it could just been you know copium by the left on twitter but let's find out tucker carlson tonight there are a few things more infuriating than being lied to infuriating by the government the government you pay for the one your ancestors risked their lives to protect does that happen to you of course it has it enrages you But if it happens again and again, if it happens often enough, if your government makes a habit of lying to you, then over time it becomes something else. Over time you realize you're not really living in a democracy. You can't be. 
Because in a democracy, the government has a moral and legal obligation. I thought you guys hated democracy. I thought we lived in a constitutional republic. And that makes sense because in a democracy, you are not a subject or a mere consumer. You're a citizen. You are a shareholder in the system. You are an owner of it. The people who run your government are your employees. They're like your cleaning lady. Yeah, I like that shit. They do. Good job. But the minute you catch them stealing your cufflinks, you fired them. Those are the rules because it's your house, not theirs. But what if the rules were inverted? What if you caught an employee stealing, but instead of seeming ashamed and penitent, he whipped around and attacked you like you were the criminal? Well, that is the experience of watching White House spokesman John Kirby talk about the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines. Anyone who imagines, who thinks for a moment the Biden administration was in any way involved with that sabotage, directly or indirectly, is not simply wrong. No. Anyone who imagines that... I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the CIA was involved Watch. in any way. Did the U.S. I'm indifferent on it. For the U.S. have anything to do with the explosion on the Nord Stream pipeline? The United States had nothing to do with it. That's just Russian propaganda and disinformation. Now we know it was an act. That's of possible too. Investigation going on right now. Fifty-fifty. We're going to get into uh, into uh, credentialing that in terms of you know who who was responsible. Uh, we're going to let the investigators take a look at that. But clearly, this was an act of sabotage. So you can officially say that the U.S. was not involved in any way in this attack. That's right. That's correct. Not to belabor this, but for the people who look at this and say, why would Russia attack its own pipeline that creates leverage over Europe and perhaps the West? What do you say to them? Uh, Again, I can't speak to specific accountability for this uh, act of sabotage. Uh, I can just assure you the United States had nothing to do with it. Of course, uh, that's just Russian propaganda. So notice prepare. Now the 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 counter to that would be that like Russia was willing to sacrifice because Putin is fucking crazy right now and desperate that Russia would be willing to sacrifice the pipeline in order to drive up the price of oil for the future and that they could use it as a pretext for escalation and to try to drum up nationalism at home. The CIA being involved in it wouldn't surprise me at all though. That's the question. Did the U.S., did the Biden administration, or any of its proxies have anything to do with the sabotage? To which John Kirby says, we didn't do it, and then moves right to the point, which is anyone who says we did it is repeating Russian propaganda. That's what John Kirby said. It's disinformation from Quislings, more loyal to Vladimir Putin than their own country. That's the kind of thing that only truly bad people say. Okay. If the White House says so, obviously we have no choice but to believe it. But you still have to wonder, not everyone does believe that. Why? Listen all y'all and sabotage. The Biden administration might have been involved directly or through a proxy in the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines. Why would they think that? They certainly didn't watch it on Russia Today. RT has been pulled off. And for for those of you listening to the, the podcast audio and wondering why the fuck I did that, Sabotage is in big red fucking letters on the screen right now. Off the air. They didn't hear it from Putin or any of his ministers. You can barely find anything from the Russian government on Google. And of course, any book sympathetic to Putin has been banned on Amazon. In fact, every piece of information that reflects the modern Russian point of view has been censored in the United States because this is a free country. Is that true? You just can't read what you want or think what you want. 
So actually, I can't imagine that's true. If Americans are deluded about what happened to the Nord Stream pipeline, the delusion didn't come from Moscow because there's no way for Moscow to get us disinformation to the United States because the U.S. government has blocked it along with the tech companies. So where did that idea come from? Why might they think that? Well, maybe they learned it from Joe Biden himself. He's the president. And now just look how similar this is to what Blake Masters was saying in the debate. The tech companies colluding with the government. Yeah, like fucking like he's conflating RT not being offered on cable systems, which is just like a capitalist retaliation against Russia. To to censorship of information, which I don't believe is going on at all. Here's Biden this winter on American television pledging to destroy the Nord Stream pipelines if Russia does something he doesn't want them to do. Watch. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again. Then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But, but how will you how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within Germany? Oh, was RT canceled by Russia? We will. Uh, I promise you we'll be able to do it. So that's about as clear as it gets. Biden doesn't say we will shut it down. He will say there will be no Nord Stream pipeline. We will put an end to it. And the reporter says, but wait a second. It's not your pipeline. How will you be able to do that? So he has a chance to reframe the question, to revise his answer, to be more precise, but he doesn't. He says, flat out, I promise you, we'll be able to take out Nord Stream. By the way, old school, good evening. So there's that clue. I was, I was, trying, to, uh, I was trying to lay out during the debate, because uh, like the, the YouTube crowd, they enjoy it if you lay out during the debate. So, But I also like to say hello to everybody that comes in here. Express my gratitude. Now, apparently, uh, Tucker really loses it here in the last five or six minutes of this monologue. So we're getting there. We're getting there. We're going further and further down the rabbit hole here. As if that wasn't enough. Last week, last Friday, the Secretary of State in the Biden administration, Mr. Tony Blinken, bragged about how great the sabotage of Nord Stream was. And we're quoting, it's a tremendous opportunity, said Tony Blinken. It's a great thing, not a tragedy. That Chinese state dude that uh, is always owning people on Twitter is still going at it. I love him. Destroyed a natural gas pipeline. We're for that. So that might be another clue that the Biden administration may have had something to do with it. Oh, but no, says the White House. Despite the fact that we promised we would do it, and then we crowed about how great it was after it happened, we had nothing at all to do with it. Who did it? Well, Russia did it. They blew up their own pipeline, making their own country poorer and weaker in the middle of a major war, because that's how crazy, but also diabolically effective, the Russians are. Suicidal, yet brilliant. And if you don't buy that story uncritically, if you have any questions about how exactly that might work, you're a disloyal American. Shut up. Here's Chris Stewart, a Republican member of Congress from Utah, making the very same point. John Kirby with the National Security Council was on earlier in no uncertain terms said the U.S. was not behind and a proxy of the U.S. was not behind the explosion on the Nord Stream pipeline. From your perspective, both of you, you, you agree with that? 
Oh, absolutely. This is the last thing uh, that we want to raise gas prices further in Europe. It's pretty obvious this is a Russian sabotage operation. And for the people, Congressman Stewart, that say, why would Russia do that on its own pipeline? What do you say? Well, uh, then the, the people who are suggesting the U.S., that is exactly what Vladimir Putin wants. <laughs> it's just so great. I mean, it's perfectly bipartisan. Here you have a Republican from Utah, Chris Stewart, and a Democrat from Massachusetts, Seth Moulton, agreeing precisely. It's exactly what Vladimir Putin wants. He wants you to blame the Biden administration for something he did. That's the bipartisan view in Washington. What's interesting is they don't really know that. They have no evidence that that's true. Briefers from the intel agencies has of have, as of this afternoon, told members of Congress they have no idea who committed industrial terrorism against these pipelines. Now, that itself is a lie, of course. The CIA has no idea at all. <laughs> right. They have no idea. But as far as members of Congress, Chris Stewart and Seth Moulton know, there is no evidence either way. They have no facts. That, that is a fact. They have no facts. So, again, as a factual matter, neither of those guys nor any member of Congress, no matter what committee they sit on, has any idea who did this. But if you suggest the obvious, Russia probably didn't do it because why would they do it? Buzzy, it's good evening. No matter what dumb story you're trying to sell us, if you suggest that, if you apply common sense, you're evil. And then they go farther and say things that are like completely implausible. Seth Moulton, we're quoting, the last thing we want is to raise gas prices in Europe. Really, Seth Moulton, is that true? Because isn't the Biden administration philosophically opposed to low gas prices? Aren't they opposed to all fossil fuels? Oh, right, they are. How do we know that? Is that Russian propaganda? No, because we can't read Russian propaganda because it's been banned in favor of our propaganda. We know that because Joe Biden himself has said so many times on television. Okay, so maybe there is a motive here. Maybe there's more than one motive. But don't ask. Because, warned the media, Asking obvious questions is forbidden. Watch. Fox News host Tucker Carlson irresponsibly claiming the United States was responsible for the leak. Other than Putin and Tucker Carlson, it seems pretty clear that everyone knows that Putin did this himself. And Tucker Carlson uh, th th this past week actually once again directly repeated Russian propaganda, mm. suggesting it was somehow the United States behind. Dumbfounded at the moment, Phoebe. How real is that movement? Is it growing? Mm. It's Russian propaganda. How dare they? Really? Is it really? Probably just thought experiment here. A lot of Americans who don't feel any allegiance whatsoever to Russia don't like Putin. Why would you if you're an American? But care a lot about their own country and the behavior of their own government. So if their own government, again, the one they pay for, the one they supposedly control, is doing things contrary to their interests and then lying about it, maybe they think they have a right to know and ask obvious questions like, are you lying? And if you're not lying, speak slowly and tell us how your story, the one you're expecting us to believe, makes sense. It's possible that asking questions is a patriotic duty of Americans. Shut up! That helps Putin. You're not allowed to say it. You're not allowed to quote the President of the United States 
promising to eliminate the Nord Stream pipelines. Who's not allowed? You did it! Celebrating that sabotage. You're required to believe that Putin took out his own infrastructure. You must. You did it. I played it. Into Putin's playbook. Of course, as you would expect, Susan, Russia says, oh, we had nothing to do with this. We're going to launch an investigation. But come on. I, look, uh, you know, the indications are uh, that uh, foul play was involved and that it appears that, you know, Russia is certainly the likeliest suspect of this. I think this is uh, clearly a, a, an act of sabotage of some sort, and, and Russia is certainly the most likely co uh, suspect. I think this might be just the, the first salvo of some uh, additional things that uh, might be uh, coming to, toward Europe. What Putin is saying to us with, with by blowing up his pipeline is, look, I can blow up a pipeline if, if, if need be, I can blow up the internet cables coming into your country. I can blow up functioning pipelines. I could do all sorts of stuff. Oh, it's Bill Browder. He's an expert on the subject. Believe Bill Browder. Oh, it's Tucker Carlson. He's an expert on the subject. After it was very clear that the war in Iraq was not helping the United States in any way, and in fact hurting the core interests of the United States, that the media engaged in a rare nanosecond of self-reflection. How do we get here? What role did we, for example, the New York Times play in convincing the public that Saddam had WMD when he didn't? And for that one moment, you thought, wow, maybe they're learning something. Maybe they won't do it again. But it turns out the opposite happened. Now they're just completely doubling down on what's very obviously a lie and attacking anyone who asked to hear it explained rationally. And it's not just the media, but- Who's attacking you? Think tanks whose purpose is long in doubt. Like, what's the point of a DC think tank? Oh, to run interference for the ruling class. Man, fuck the, the Brookings the Institute. The Praetorian Guard. The Brookings Institution filled that role for many years. They just produced this analysis, quote, U.S. podcasters spread Kremlin narratives on Nord, Nord Stream sabotage. What's interesting about this analysis is that nowhere in it does the August Brookings Institution rebut the evidence that the U.S. or a proxy of the Biden administration had something to do with this. There's, in fact, no evidence either way. Instead, they just attack anybody who asks questions. Quote, the theories pushed by these podcast hosts align with Kremlin messaging. Oh, align with Kremlin messaging. They used to be called guilt by association. Vladimir Putin likes dogs. What, you like dogs? What are you, a Russian sympathizer? You call anyone who even stands up for LGBTQ plus issues a groomer, you piece of shit. Right. Okay. It aligns with Russian <laughs> propaganda. So the point is, it doesn't matter whether or not it's true. It aligns with Kremlin messaging. Therefore, you must be censored. But not everybody got the memo. There are tucked away in the deep recesses of America. You're the society. number one cable host. How are you censored? I don't know. In St. Bart's for the last three years and didn't realize that you could no longer exercise. I'm not free high enough for this shit. One of them's a professor at Columbia called Jeffrey Sachs. So he went on Bloomberg the other day and was asked about the Nord Stream pipelines. And he decided to respond rationally. And he said, well, actually, there's quite a bit of evidence that the Biden administration, administration was involved. But rather than follow up, the anchor realizing that forbidden topics what's, were being What's the evidence? I'd love to hear it. Just shut down the segment. I mean, just the the history of the CIA just does fucky shit. The destruction of the, the Nord Stream pipeline, which I, I would bet was a U.S. 
action, perhaps U.S. and, and Poland. Uh, this is uh, right, Jeff, speculation. Jeff, we got to stop there. That's a, that's a quite a statement as well. Why do you feel Absolutely. that that was a U.S. action? What evidence do you have of that? Well, first, Good follow up. That U.S. Uh, helicopters, military helicopters that are normally based in Gdansk, uh, were uh, circling over this area. We also had the threats from the United States earlier in this year that one way or another we are going to end Nord Stream. You're not allowed to say these things uh, in in uh, in the West, but the fact of the matter is, all over the world, when I talk to people, they think the okay. U.S. Did it. Now, just to tell you, and, and by, by the way, even reporters on our papers that are involved tell me privately, yeah, well, of course, but well, it doesn't show up in our, our media. <laughs> okay, first of all, he said it. He said it on Bloomberg. He said all of that. Very astute analysis. They allowed him to explain why he was why he thought that was the case so i don't understand first of all tucker edited it we didn't see the full thing news hits are only ever like a minute or two interviews like that it's infuriating but americans have short attention spans other than people that watch you know twitch streamers for hours on end So, I don't understand what the issue is. That clip was nothing like what Tucker described to us when he was setting it up. It doesn't show up in our our media. (laughs) The anchor's clearly getting instruction of the Chrome. Stop him! Stop him! What what evidence do you have? Well, there's uh, radar evidence. What? Be quiet! (laughs) Shut up! Just cut him off! Never invite him back! They didn't! Oh my god! Oh my god! Tucker has the audacity to say that! A few years ago, there was a guy... Uh, yeah, yeah, here we go, here we go. Let me okay that's the that's the Fox News version of it. I don't I don't want to I want I want Rutger Bregman's version of what happened. So this Dutch uh academic went to the World Economic Forum or uh some some meeting like that. Yeah, it was World Economic Forum. No, Davos, Davos. And like Seriously tore him a new asshole. And then uh, Tucker invites him on. So remember, remember what Tucker just said here. Shut up! Just cut him off! Never invite him back! Stop! What he just accused Bloomberg of doing, he absolutely did to Rutger Berman. And you're all like, oh, I'm against a globalist elite, blah, blah, blah. Uh, It's not very convincing, to be honest. Why don't you go f*** yourself, you tiny brain, and I hope this gets picked up. Because you're a moron. I tried to give you a hearing, but you were too f***ing annoying for 
You can't handle the criticism, can you? Boom! Dutch historian Rutger Berman. We gotta be talking about Texas. Yeah, That's it. Texas, Texas, Texas. All the rest is bullshit, in my, in my opinion. I mean, it feels like I'm at a firefight fight a school friend, and no one's allowed to speak about water. <laughs> That's one of the great moments. Maybe the great moment in Davos history. Rutger Bregman is the author of Utopia for Realists, and he joins us now. So that is Tucker introducing him. We're seeing his feed. And part of that makes me wonder, are you the first person ever to note that people are flying private to talk about global warming and that none of them mention tax avoidance? Has anyone ever said that before at Davos that you know of? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on Davos history, but it is a bit hypocritical, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Yes, it is. I, and, and others have noted that. We've noted it on this show. We've just never gone to Davos and said it out loud as you did. Hypocritical. I mean, they were not very happy with me, but I'm just, just I think, a, a, a random Dutch historian who's basically saying whatever on, around the globe is thinking. You know, the vast majority of Americans for years and years now, according to the polls, uh, including Fox News viewers and including Republicans, are in favor of higher taxes on the rich. You know, higher inheritance taxes, higher top marginal tax rates, uh, higher wealth taxes. It's all really mainstream. But no one's saying that at Davos, just as no one's saying it on Fox News, right? And I think the, the, the explanation for that is quite simple, is that most of the people in Davos, but also here on this channel, have been bought by the billionaire class. You know, you're not meant to say these things. So I just went there and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to say it, just as I'm saying it right here on this channel. Well, what was interesting, I thought, about what you said was that you noted something. I mean, many people have called for higher taxes, but very few Well, not on this channel, is it? I mean, almost all of the pundits on this channel for years have been against higher taxes, right? Absolutely. The vast majority of Americans is in favor of it. I mean, I would, I I don't, I don't know. it would be interesting to know how many hours of Fox you've watched, but I'm interested in what you said mm-hmm. about tax avoidance. So yeah, I mean, I'm interested in question avoidance. Faces a specific tax rate does not mean that person pays that tax mm-hmm. rate at all. I don't think Netflix, for example, paid any taxes last year mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So what would you do specifically to make certain that this class of people pays what they're supposed to pay? Well, it's about multiple things. So we should really crack down on tax paradises and on tax avoidance. That's a major issue. But it's also about having higher taxes. So in the 1950s, for example, in the 1960s, in the golden age of capitalism, as historians called it, we had top marginal tax rate for the very rich uh, of about, you know, 70, 80, 90 percent, actually, under under Eisenhower. Eisenhower. And this was also, you know, one of the best periods in American history. Same, same is true for the UK and, and the rest of Europe. Um, so as a historian, for me, it's all not, you know, it's, it's really not rocket science. We should go, just go back to, to simple and straightforward solutions from the, from the past. Right. But this country was sustained, and since you're a historian, I guess you would know this, sustained mm-hmm. by an industrial economy at the time that was broad and deep, that, mm-hmm. that created a middle class. That doesn't exist anymore yeah because you guys offshored it oh well but that's not that's not really an issue i mean work the same way with an entirely different economy well i I think it would i mean uh america is still pretty much the most powerful country in the world right so um if it 
if it really would want to, it could easily crack down on uh, on tax paradises. But the thing is, I mean, you guys have brought into power a president that doesn't even want to show its own tax returns. Uh, I mean, who knows how many billions he has hidden in the Cayman Islands or in Bermuda. Um, so I think the issue really is, is, is one of corruption and of people being bribed and of not being, you know, not talking about the real issues. Uh, what the family, you know, what the Murdochs basically want you to do is to out immigrants instead of talking about tax avoidance. So I'm, I'm glad you're now finally raising the issue. But that's what's been, been happening for the past couple of years. And I'm taking I'm taking orders from the Murdochs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, I mean it doesn't work that directly. But I mean, you've been part of the Cato Institute, right? You're you've been a senior fellow there for well, years. That, that you've been wait, you've wait, been wait, taking wait, their wait, dirty wait, money. Wait, 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 They're funded by cock billionaires, you know. Wait, 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 why don't you tell me how it does work? Well, it works by you taking their dirty money. It's as easy as that. I mean, you are a millionaire funded by billionaires. That's what you are. And I'm glad you now finally jumped the bandwagon, you know, of people like Bernie Sanders and AOC. But you're not you're not part of the solution, uh, Mr. Mr. Carlson. You're part of the problem, actually. AOC, wait, but can I just say, and It's true, right? It's true, right, that all the all the anchors all the anchors on Fox, <laughs> they're all millionaires. How is this possible? Well, it's very easy. You're just not talking about certain things. It doesn't even, Fox doesn't even play where you are. It doesn't play where you are. <laughs> well, have you heard of the internet? <laughs> I can watch things whatever I want, you know? I have, actually. I, I, I can't say I'm a great fan of your show, but I do my homework. <laughs> So, I mean, you're probably not going to air this, uh, but I went to Davos to speak truth to power, and I'm doing exactly the same thing right now. You might not like it, but you're a millionaire funded by billionaires, and that's the reason why you're not talking about these issues. Yeah, only now. Come on, you jumped the bandwagon. You're all like, oh, I'm against the globalist elite, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's not very convincing, to be honest. To you, why don't you go f yourself, you tiny brain? And I hope this gets picked up. Because <laughs> you're a moron. I tried to give you a hearing, but you were too f annoying for me. Uh, you can't handle the criticism, can you? <laughs> There's a war. No, no, he cannot. So that was three years ago. It was like right before the pandemic. And this is what he said last night Be quiet! <laughs> Shut up! Just cut him off! Never invite him back! Stop! The only explanation allowed, of course, is the one the government wants you to believe. Vladimir Putin is so... Flaming hypocrite. And I love that Rutger Bergman. Love that dude. He likes to kick authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. We like that sort of thing around here. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can do Jordan Peterson talking about psilocybin. Tomorrow night, we are going to do two different debates. They're happening at the same time, unfortunately. I was hoping, I was hoping they were going to happen staggered. We were going to be able to cover both of them. We're still going to cover both of them, but one of them is going to be live. One of them is going to be uh, watched on replay. 
So, tomorrow night, special episode of the Troll Patrol, 8 p.m. Eastern, normal time, normal troll time, normal troll place. We're going to watch the Ted Bud Sherry Beasley debate in the North Carolina Senate race. And that is an open seat. Ted Bud is supported by Trump, so he is a, a far right lunatic. Sherry Beasley stands a chance. Uh, North Carolina has been trending red, but Beasley stands a chance. So this is going to be an incredibly interesting race. This is the one and only debate in the Senate for that North Carolina seat. That's going to happen at 8 p.m. tomorrow. Going to come on about 15 till. At the same time in Wisconsin, Senator Ron Johnson... The Republican incumbent is going to be debating the lieutenant governor of Wisconsin, the Democratic nominee, Mandela Barnes, in Wisconsin Senate race. We are going to watch that one right after the Ted Budd-Sherry Beasley debate. We'll be watching it on replay. And then directly after the Barnes and Johnson debate, which there's going to be three of those. That's why we're not taking that one live. We're going to take the next Barnes-Johnson debate live. We're going to watch tomorrow's tape delay. Directly after the two debates, we're going to come back for the Friday Night Freak Show. August Aguilar is my special guest co-host. One of the co-owners, producers, directors at Strange Films. We're going to have a blast tomorrow night. That's directly after the Ted Budd-Sherry Beasley debate and the Ron Johnson-Mandela-Borns debate. I do indeed owe you an animal video, and I have a seagull for you. I have a, a I think it's a baby seagull. Is it going to pop up for me here? It's a baby seagull just waddling up. Yes, tomorrow night's debates are huge. Those are two of the races that could, could decide the Senate. North Carolina is an open seat that is trending red, but could be a pickup. It would be a pickup for Democrats. Wisconsin also would be a pickup for Democrats. If you are watching on Twitch, let's find out who we're going to go raid. Let's go hang out with... uh... Frames. It's been a little bit. Go hang out with Frames. You're watching on Twitch. We're going to go hang out with Frames. 
Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. We'll be back tomorrow night with the Troll Patrol Live at 8 and the Friday Night Freak Show at 10. Peace out.